The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Many of you may be aware that the weekend before last, a video began circulating on social media involving the Leo Varadkar, the man who, of course, becomes Taoiseach again next Sunday, next Saturday. And in common with many other broadcasters and newspapers, even though we were aware of it, we didn't speak about it, do any items about it, because a decision was taken that this was an invasion of privacy. However, two Sunday newspapers at the weekend decided to report on something that was pretty well known at that stage. And the discussion has evolved because Taoiseach Michal Martin was asked about today in a piece with Independent.ie. And of course, the Sunday Independent was one of the newspapers which had reported on the story on Sunday. And in it, he condemned the videos, which had been shared widely across social media, and said that a new era of stricter rules on social media is imminent. Is that the correct approach? And how will it actually work? Well, we'll be joined in a moment by Fianna Fáil Senator Lisa Chambers. But first, Liam Herrick, Executive Director of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. What can be done to protect individuals against intrusion? Being in what would be regarded as a private place, a nightclub, and then expecting that videos of them would not be taken and would not be shared. Well, I suppose, Matt, the first thing to say is that there's already legal protection for the right to privacy under the Constitution, um, under tort law, uh, and under the European Convention on Human Rights. People have a right to respect for private and family life. And in certain situations, people have a reasonable expectation of privacy when they're conducting their private life. Um, So there is a right there at the moment and there are remedies open to an individual who feels that their rights have been violated in terms of going to the courts, perhaps arguing that an individual has infringed their uh, their privacy, their tort of privacy. And if they believe a social media company has hosted material which is linked to that tort, they can seek an order to have that content taken down. Um, so there are remedies there already. Yeah, but are those remedies in any way worthwhile if the video has been seen over three million times, for example? Well, I mean, the, the first question, I suppose, is that there might be countervailing arguments that some things might be in the public interest. But if we assume that that privacy has been violated in this way, um, I'm not sure what happened in this case, but but I think it seems to be likely that the platform involved took down the content quite quickly. Now, had individuals shared it beyond that quite quickly, it seems that they had and it had been fairly widely disseminated. Um, I suppose where the balance will lie in such a case like this would depend on a court adjudicating it. And we have very little case law in Ireland. So there have been very few cases where ordinary members of the public and much less so public figures have sought to vindicate their privacy rights in the courts. Unlike, for example, in the nearing uh, jurisdiction of the United Kingdom, where we have a large body of cases. Now, why that is, uh, you know, maybe we might argue, it might be that media outlets here are reluctant to fight cases in the courts here. Their experience under defamation law might be influencing that decision. There are, so there's no defamation here in showing a video of something that happened? No, but a, a media outlet might be concerned that the existing practice in the, the case law on defamation might be relevant to how the right to privacy might be interpreted by the courts and the size of penalties which might be awarded against them. And does a public figure have a right to privacy? A public figure does have a right to privacy, but there may be 
specific concerns or a public interest that might apply in the relation to a politician, for example, that mightn't arise in relation to another person. So in England during the 1990s, there was a lot of litigation around infringements by the media of people's private life, politicians' private life in terms of their sex life, their romantic life and so on. In some instances where perhaps members of the John Major government in the 19, uh, early 1990s, you'll recall, talked about conservative values and family values, where individual politicians had talked about family values and then their own personal lives were seen to be in conflict with that, it could be argued that there was a public interest in exposing their hypocrisy. Not saying at all that that's what's at play here, but issues like that of public interest come into play for a politician, whereas they may not come into play for another person. So there is this balance of a public interest, and this without talking about the specifics here. There's a reasonable expectation of privacy in a nightclub. There's no doubt about that. There's a large body of case law in different countries about that. But whether a public interest might arise about a specific public figure, that might be arguable. And that's likely where a defence would arise for a broadcaster or an individual who shared such material. Senator Lisa Chambers of Fianna Fáil, what sort of measures can the government introduce if you have platforms, international platforms available for anybody to upload material onto without any gatekeepers being in place? Yeah, so look, it is, it's a challenging and a tricky area to try and police, to try and regulate. Um, But the bill that's been brought through, the Online Safety Media Regulation Bill, actually predates the issue that you referred to in relation to the Thonister and the video. So the two aren't really connected, although a connection may have been drawn in recent days. What's been proposed is the establishment of a media commission, which will um, basically have a register of kind of media companies, online companies, and they will have certain powers in terms of uh, requesting information, um, investigating issues around maybe criminality or harmful communications online. So the media commission will, will play a certain role Then there will also be a new regulatory framework for online safety developed and an online safety media commissioner. So there's a whole new system being set up to try as best we can to provide some guidance, some regulation for what is um, a relatively new space that we're all operating in. I mean, the the issue around the thonus that that arose, that wasn't an issue that you might have come across maybe more even a decade ago. So we're still we're still feeling our way through this. And I, and I take on board what the previous speaker has said around, um, you know, th- th- this will be a balancing of rights. And, um, you know, there will be an argument that the right to freedom of expression could potentially be infringed if we try and regulate this space. But certainly from my own perspective and from, from speaking to people, there is a desire and a demand from the public to move on this and to regulate the online space. And we are, particularly in Dublin, headquarters to some of the most influential and powerful uh, social media companies. So I think it's good to see Ireland leading on this um, and taking a leading role. And I have no doubt that that other countries will follow suit. But what gets regulated and what doesn't? I'm just going to take another political example that comes to mind. But after the last general election, there was the Sinn Féin TD, David Cullinan, was singing uh, Up the Ra song, in a celebration after winning election. Now, that then caused him a certain degree of embarrassment when I put it to him on here on the programme when that video emerged. But would you have a situation whereby he or others in similar situations could argue, I'm at a private party, somebody at that party has decided to post material without my permission, without my consent, therefore it must be taken down? Uh, 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure that somebody could argue that, but I think that the public interest argument would, would trump in, in that case. Uh, you know, the IRA, there was a campaign of murder and violence for many, many years, for, for almost three decades. Uh, if you're in public life, I think, you know, any sort of, um, you know, glorification of that, and I'm not suggesting that's what that chant was, but there is a public interest there on that type of, on that type of issue. And it is, I think, important to point out that when you are in public life, there is a different standard and, you know, you probably don't, in reality, if we're being honest about it, you probably can't expect the same level of privacy um, when you're in a public position. So does that mean you have to behave in a different way, that you have to be more careful about the potential for people having cameras and uploading material? Well, we, we, we do, we do, we do have to be more careful. And we all, you talk to anybody in public life and you do, of course, you are very conscious that how you behave in public, um, how you conduct yourself, that at any point in time, there could be a photograph or a video and it can be interpreted in whatever way somebody wants to interpret it. So there's a different standard. You know, you don't have the same private life as maybe an ordinary citizen would have and that's part of the sacrifice of doing the job and I think the, the more prominent and the more well-known you become the less privacy you have but that's not to say that I mean the video that that was posted online of the Thonista for me I felt was was just apparent uh, and was such an invasion of, of his privacy it was wrong and sorry Lisa might have actually been more of an invasion of the privacy of the other person involved who was oh, not of a course, public figure. Ab- Absolutely, and that—that's that was my first thought. I thought, I thought that that poor individual that that isn't a public person, um, but I did. I just felt it was such. It was really had crossed the line and jumped way over it um, in terms of. And the person that recorded that video, what type of individual are they? I just think it speaks to their character that they would do such a thing. And I think most people were were, were disgusted really to see that type of video posted online. And I think the Irish media conducted themselves very well in not. Um, publicizing it uh, any more than than was necessary so you know i think we all felt morally that it was wrong and ethically it was wrong but can i go back to lee herrick on that from the irish council of civil liberties because this might be slightly tangential but it is i think highly still relevant in that i think a lot of people also avoided the resharing of the video or discussion about it on radio or writing about it on television because there's an expectation that for the LGBTQ plus community that there are safe spaces which shouldn't be violated. That's right. I mean, there's a particular concern about the legitimate expectation of privacy in this instance because we know we have a very sad history of people that might be outed um, for their sexuality where they might feel that they're in a safe space and it might have very terrible consequences and that's our history in this country and I think that does add a certain resonance in this and I think that this whole episode has been very triggering and upsetting for many people because of that. I, I think the whole question of regulating how material is shared online is incredibly complex and as Lisa rightly says we have a particular responsibility in this country to, to try to find ways to hold social network platforms to account there is a problem here, though, that laws in this area, if we go down the, the, the route of laws, are, are obviously by definition drawn up by politicians and elected people and by governments. And it's one thing to talk about material that we all recognise as harmful, such as the non-consensual sharing of intimate images, or maybe even instances where clearly it's in a private sphere. But the, the legislation that Lisa referred to, the Online Safety and Media Regulation Act, which was signed into law last week, you know, also tries to regulate other areas of what's deemed to be harmful but not illegal content or material that's grossly offensive. 
And I think we do have a danger here in the balance between a free press and freedom of expression on the one hand and regulating harmful content on the other idea. If we start talking about vague ideas of things that might be harmful or offensive to one person, there is a real danger that obviously powerful people would interpret that in a broader way than the media might do so. So this is very difficult to come up with perfect solutions here. But, but I do think that some of the ways in which we're going at the moment are somewhat worrying. And the powers that are being invested in the New Media Commission and the Online Safety Commission are incredibly far-reaching. And in the Irish Council for Civil Liberties and many other digital rights and freedom of expression bodies, we're concerned that we might now be going too far in the other direction. So absolutely, people have a private life, but we need to ensure we protect public discourse and media discourse as well. Liam Herrick, Executive Director of the Irish Council for Civil Liberties and Senator Lisa Chambers of Fianna Fáil. Thank you for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.